0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Canadian Real Estate Homefront Podcast. We're super excited today because we have our first guest on the show.
1: Yes, we do.
0: Are you excited for this one? <laughs> Thank you, guys. We've had a lot of people ask us to come on, but this one kind of intrigued us. So <laughs>
1: It did. Well, yeah, that's because yeah. it's mainly realtors. But, yeah. but as soon as you mentioned that you had 82 doors. I've got
2: 83 doors. Yeah.
1: Sorry. 83 doors. Yeah. It's like, okay. That, yeah. That's almost at the unattainable
2: level. I know. Yeah. You think
1: after, you know, 20, it's like, People stop
2: there. I, I think a lot of people. The mic. Yeah, a lot of people get um get hung up on the idea that like maybe there's a certain number of mortgages you can get and then you get stuck right. from there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you need to bring partners on or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that,
1: that was another thing. Yeah. Sorry to you. No joint venture. No partners.
2: joint venture partner. Oh, just me, just you.
0: Just you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start from the beginning though. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves because yeah. it's a long journey here. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, your name is kalen James. kalen James. Kaelin James. My bad. No. Just worries. told me that. And you're from <laughs> London, Ontario. Yes. Okay. And you got started in real, real estate investing, how?
2: So in 2016, I bought my first duplex uh, okay. in London. Uh, it was a house hack. So I'm living in one side, renting the other. How much and you pay for it? I paid $177,000. Wow. Um, and I did 5% down. Uh, so I used use a CMHC mortgage. So that was like nine grand, right? Or li- little under nine grand. Yeah. Uh, and then I was able to live in one side, rent the other. And that other side paid for the mortgages, property taxes, insurance. And I was able to live for free. So that was like a really good head start. I'm now living for free, and I can kind of you know, and I actually used the home buyer's plan to pull out as much money as I could from my RSP and stuff at the time as well. Um, and so I pulled out twenty five grand on my RSP, and I only needed nine of it, and I was able to kind of keep the rest of that and all the other all the other money that I just saved from living super frugally. So I guess if I rewound a little further, i I moved to London when I was uh, twenty two. And I worked uh, four years. Uh, I sold my car when I moved to London. Um, I walked to work every day. I saved up every penny I could. and um, just yeah, and then that's when I got my first duplex. and uh, I, after that, everything after that's twenty percent down. Um, but the only way to keep up acquisition momentum is to get your money back out of each deal. Um, and so, that's done through the Burr strategy. So buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. So it's always about refinancing capital back out. The first one I didn't need to because it was such a small amount out of pocket, and I did a lot of the renos myself to kind of keep just you know keep very little money in that deal. Yeah. Um, and then after that, everything was twenty percent down.
0: Are you still a frugal guy today?
2: Um, you saw what I pulled up. I did in. see what you pulled up. That's <laughs> why I asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it. I, I named my company after my car because it's like, it's just a reminder of my frugal roots. Um, yeah. And, and, and to be honest, I still, am reasonably frugal. I live in a triplex, uh, okay. at this point still, although just as of yesterday, we got an accepted offer from my fiance and I on a house, uh, for ourselves. We are going to put an Airbnb yeah. suite in the basement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: of course you are. Of course you are. You just can't get away from it. <laughs> Funny that
1: you're calling yourself frugal, but you have 83 properties because it makes it makes you money and it builds your wealth. But yeah. you know, I have some people that even me doing a fourth and doing a flip, it's like, ah, like you, you're so quick to spend money and buy that next property, like chill out for a bit. So I like that.
2: Well, I appreciate it. I, th- I think it, it sort of lends well, the frugal mentality lends well to real estate investing because you don't feel guilty spending when what you're spending on is earning you money. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I was able to spend on my properties, add value, you know, yeah. and, and, I feel good about doing that. It's just another. Yeah. It's just investing, so it doesn't feel like I'm spending, right? Yeah. But it actually scratches a lot of the itch because you're you're swiping <laughs> that card, off yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. with all yeah. the renovations and design decisions and stuff like that. So, so you yeah. bought
0: the duplex. Yeah. You were working a full time job, I assume. I
2: worked full time yeah. until yeah. So so I bought the first duplex while I was working full time. I lived for free now, which was a great head start, and then. um, the second property was 20% down. Um, I actually got it for a really good price as well. I got it for 127000 which was another, which was a, it was a.
1: Can you imagine these prices? I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. For lack of a better word, it was, it was a crack house, this place. They, yeah. They, it, okay. You know, it literally, they were dealing drugs out of the building. And uh, luckily I was able to get it vacant on possession um, because that was a request in my offer and they accepted. And I actually, on the closing day, had a vacant duplex. And I did everything I could to keep the renovation costs down. I did a bunch of it myself as well. A lot of the labor and just carrying, carrying garbage out of the property and that sort of thing. And did my very best to spend as little as I could on that renovation. So I ended up spending 25 grand um, in to get both units ready to be rent, rentable. And you know they weren't fancy. They, mm-hmm. We kept the kitchens. We painted the cabinets. And so I was in for about 150,000. And it refinanced at two hundred and fifty It reappraised at 250,000. So that was able to get, I was now able to get 80% loan to value on that new uh, valuation, which allowed me to pull all my money out and more. And so now I had all my money back ready for the next acquisition and I had more money. So I was able to continue to kind of apply that strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have deals along the way where I would leave money in the deal as well, because not every deal is going to be that good. Right. Um, But you know, a combination of that, you can do like purchase plus improvements, mortgages, other ways to any way you could to get money back out of out of the deal to keep up acquisition momentum. So I didn't have to bring partners on.
0: Right.
1: right. So I like the question that comes up for me is, like it totally makes sense. I've done that. So I have property where not a cent of my own money is left in it, but I'm still on title, tenants paying down the mortgage. Great. Yep. And use that Perfect. to be my next one. So, but at some point, banks primarily are, are no more. So are, are you using private lenders or B lenders? Because if you go to the bank and you have five houses and they even cash flow, not even yeah. break even, they don't want to see you buy another one if your income doesn't support it. So even though it's kind of an asset, if it's cash flowing, they're still calculating it as debt.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, so Scotiabank uh, was the bank that I worked with for my first 10 buildings. So if you work directly with Scotiabank in particular, they're a fair, they, were, they have been a fairly investor-friendly bank to work with you can get up to 10 buildings, and uh, as long as each building is meeting what they would call like the 50% rule. So if you take the total uh, income from the property, divide it by two, so that's 50%, and then you subtract uh, the um, property taxes, insurance, and the mortgage payment, uh, or property taxes, mortgage payment, and heat, sorry. Uh, If that number is zero, then the property floats itself. Okay. And so they essentially look at it as if that property is is handling itself, and you're able to kind of move on to the next one. Oh, so
1: it's it's a commercial mortgage then. On it's, all of your. It's mortgages.
2: residential. It's it's all of them. It's mortgages. it's the same mortgage anyone would get on a on their mm. single family home. Um, so, so they they're,
0: they're just willing to work with you basically. What's that? Scotia's just really willing to work with you. They, yes. Yeah.
2: And they're willing to work with anyone. They, yeah, they yeah. have been willing to work with. Oh, I've had a bunch of coaching students that do, that all done exactly the same stuff. Yeah,
1: what about your income? Like, because that calculation. Meet, makes it so that it floats itself essentially. Yeah. So you don't need a high income to support the building if it's going to float itself. So yeah. is your income and all of that taken into account as, as well? Or yeah. Feel- so
2: at the, at the peak of my career, I made 80 grand as my as my salary. Yeah. So I never made very much at my job, really, like all things considered, I worked in the tech world and, and most of the time I was making 50, 60, 70. And then towards the end I made 80, but I was able to continue qualifying because if the buildings float themselves then you're able to continue qualifying as if it's the first, almost as if it's the first property you're buying. Okay. And if the properties make money, then it actually helps you qualify. So if the buildings are cash flowing, then your income is now higher. Your debt to income ratios are better. And you're actually able to qualify for more. And especially when you're living for free, you know, they're taking into that, they're taking that into account as well. Right. So the first 10, I did that way with Scotiabank uh, using... You know refinances using purchase plus improvements mortgages that sort of stuff after that i quit my job so i was 29 and i uh, left my job we my, my my girlfriend at the time now fiance uh, we traveled for like three months around the states we converted a sprinter van we basically just threw a mattress in the back but <laughs>
0: you're you know, that guy on tiktok yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. yeah. yeah. it's it was, yeah but it but it wasn't a fancy van at all it was yeah. a mattress in the back of a, of a sure of a van yeah amazing. it's
0: romantic
2: yeah it's
0: <laughs> so yeah. It was
2: actually we we had been dating for less than a year at the time. So that was like okay. a major test of okay. like live in a van together for three months. And, and it, you know, we're we're our weddings coming up in August. So thank you.
0: So, yeah, that's amazing. So
2: but yeah, so I quit my job at that point because I'd maxed out, you know, Scotia's 10 mortgage, 10 building a limit. And uh, and then it was like, well, how am I gonna continue from here? Because now I'm what right. B lenders, that sort of stuff, and I found credit unions. So credit unions have been really good. I worked with multiple different credit unions at this point, but you know, every um, every different city is gonna offer different credit unions. Like there's some that work across Ontario, um, uh, but some that work more locally and sometimes they recognize, they're a little more flexible and willing to work. So you now move to like 75% loan to value, tw- you know, so 25% down payments, 25 year amortization, a little bit higher rates, but nothing crazy. Um, and they're able to work still in the two to four unit space, but I started moving into more apartment buildings at that point. So I picked up mostly six units and up uh, after that.
0: Okay,
1: very yeah. cool. And then, so your down payment came from refinancing.
2: Always, yeah, refinances. Always at some point along the line, um, I did start bringing on private mortgage, like private, private debts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can borrow, you know, using unsecured loans on a promissory note, or you can use secured loans or vendor takebacks and all these different strategies. Um, I didn't get. I really didn't dive too deep into much of that. And, you know, to be honest, even when we saw interest rates starting to rise recently, um, that was when I was like, okay, you know, I saw the writing in the wall, I think a little earlier than some people. And I went, okay, like this, this doesn't play out well for everyone with mm-hmm. rates t- tripling. Like, yeah, yeah. and so I actually sold a couple of buildings. So I, I got up to, well, so I got to 52 units when I quit my job uh, or 32 units when I quit my job and then 52 units when I. Uh, brought on property management, and then um, at this point I have 83 units. Um, should, so
1: at 52, yeah, we're managing everything.
2: I was still self-managing. I actually had 32 while self-managing and while working full-time, and then 52 units. uh, What I was still self-managing, but I didn't have the job anymore. Okay. Uh, when I was 29. Um, um But yeah, I, I actually lost my train of thought. But yeah, credit unions have been yeah. credit unions have been okay.
0: Been
2: what I've been using almost right. exclusively at this. Okay, time. so you don't have a job. Yeah.
0: You have property managers. Yeah. What is a day in your life look like?
2: Um, yeah. That's a good <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Because whatever you got, I want it. To be yeah. honest.
2: <laughs> like, I still love the idea of scaling the portfolio. I'm right. doing mentorship. So that keeps me some, somewhat active, like teaching people just how to do the same thing I do. Um, okay, we'll get to that later. Yeah. 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 But hold, hold but at this thought. point, the portfolio is always my main focus because okay. that's where I'm going to make 99% of my wealth. Your and wealth, you Yeah. Know. So, it's, it's a lot of like staring at spreadsheets and making the highest level decisions I can in my business, uh, which is, I mean, that's the goal. That's what we all want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as realtors, like what is, you know, the yeah. podcast is a really great way to get exposure. All that, like these are good high level decisions. Right. Right. And so for me, it's like, can I add a unit to this building? Can I turn this unit over, you know, using cash or keys, maybe pay a tenant to move so that I can increase the rent, yeah. you know, based on cap rates justify a significantly higher reappraisal value on this yeah. building. Um, so a lot of the highest level decisions I can in my business, right. um, restructuring debts, uh, analyzing new acquisition op- opportunities.
1: So this yeah. is all things that, you know, as a as a realtor, you can learn over time to just based on your experience. So I can talk to it, but then it's something that obviously people come to you because they, they need coaching. Like all of this experience, is it from doing it or were you always an analyzer, spreadsheet kind of guy? Because.
2: Yeah. I I mean, it was, I I did a computer science degree and I did like, I I actually was working toward a master's in information systems uh, part-time during all of this as well. Um, I I actually was one, I was one course away from completing the master's degree. And I, and I took it as a lesson to myself that, well, first off, this is not going to serve me anymore because I actually, I had retired at that point. I'd left my job. So I was like, I clearly don't need, I don't need more credentials in that, in the, you know, so in academia so i i said well i took it as a lesson in sunk cost and the fact that i'm because i'm actually really bad at quitting things which is sort of the opposite problem as a lot of people have yeah um and i knew that like this isn't serving me anymore so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop doing this master's degree and i'm gonna um i'm gonna focus on better activities better uses of my time it
1: was a very good decision yeah on the way here
0: oh yeah we were joking in the car and (laughs) and and brooke was like i don't i don't i don't have a degree degree.
1: (laughs) early too when yep. i got my real estate license and i awesome. said my bachelor of science is not taking me where i project my life to go and then cortez who has a degree said
0: uh, yeah. i was like uh i'm trying to sell mine i'm like you, you know i bought energy. it for 50k it's lightly used
1: it's lightly used. Yeah. <laughs> <was the>
0: <laughs> 500 bucks <laughs> 500 bucks yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, i like, never used lightly. it once yeah literally yeah. i got my real estate license yeah. right after i finished studying finance yeah. and economics yeah. at western in london yeah, yeah. yeah. where you yeah. Were, So do you own everything in London?
2: Everything's in London. Um, They're all solely owned, no joint venture partners. Why
1: just London? Is it because you live there and you want to be-
0: You just know the market?
2: Honestly, yeah. Like it's working. So I tend to just maintain focus. If Mm -hmm. if something's working, I'm just going to rinse and repeat. Um, I think that like very few people are able to understand that once you find something that works, you just find a way to scale it, keep doing it uh, and get better and better at it. So that's been my focus is like my niche has been burring multifamily properties in London. Um, I am willing to expand to other markets at this point, um, but I'd like to maintain similar uh, like uh, areas that still my team could go to.
0: All right, so you only invest in London, Ontario. Yeah. Do you see a future investing there? I know it's had a huge run up. They're trying
1: to hit hundred is that yeah. goal? Um, Is
0: London still your I don't, spot? I
2: don't have a, a goal number of units. Or Are you done? Like that. I'm keeping an eye on net worth, right? Like, yeah. it, it, which is fairly easy when they're all self. They're all. It's basically just keeping an eye on the equity in the buildings and. Um, but uh, I do like. In terms of like, in terms of scaling the portfolio, um, London still has potential. Um, you need to find the right deals for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, having high, the, the the reappraisal values are are, are really high. Um, I think that people need to keep an eye on what things are actually worth, and versus just the reappraisal values, because I think there are some investors who are kind of taking on like what I would call ghost equity. Like it's appraising for this much and I'm pulling up this money, but is it worth that much? Like would it sell? Would it sell for that? Yeah. Right. Okay. Because
1: then pulling out that equity, yeah, you owe a certain amount and then yeah, say something happens, mortgage rates go up, your mortgage is so high, they become negative with the mm-hmm. rents and now they want to sell and now they're at a loss.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like during this time, like, as of now all of my buildings except for two are still cash flow positive even with like m- most of them are like dealing with current interest rates or some degree of current interest rates you know they've re- they've come to term at different times but um there's a couple that do lose money um one of them was my 24 unit apartment building um and it i unfortunately decided to put a variable mortgage on okay. so <laughs> that mortgage went up uh over $8000 a month um so that of course brought yeah. that into the negative right and, yeah. And I even though, balancing out. yeah, well, it, it does, it does overall, like things all work out in the portfolio. Um, and you know, the, the value I'm adding to these buildings is, is, is significant, is, is very significant, right? Every time, you know, just based on cap rates, if you, if you, if you add $200 a month in rental income, uh, at a five cap, that adds 48 grand right. in value on the building. So, you know, I've turned on that building, I've turned eight of the 24 units over so far. Um,
1: Did you purchase it with these tenants in it?
2: Oh, yeah. Like, so most of the buildings I'm buying are, like, pretty rough to okay. begin and with. and then
1: old rents that you yes. want to do cash for keys. Okay.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, a lot of budgeting for cash for keys. I think that's the reality of investing uh, in Ontario at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. Yes. Yeah. Um. I know there's there are people flocking to other markets because they want to deal with more, like, fewer land or tenant board issues. But what I've found is once you do place new tenants that you've screened, yeah. for the most part, you don't really have many tenant issues that I've found. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is about budgeting cash for keys and then screening tenants properly.
1: So do you, um, when you're doing, when you, I guess started when you're not scaling to these 24 unit buildings. So I do a one year fixed always with a B lender usually. Yeah. It's very easy to get approved with self-employed income. So why I don't do variables because of the fluctuations of one year fixed, because I need to be able to break it. So when people do the longer term fixed mortgages, is that what you you do also, the shorter term fix?
2: Um, A a, a variety of different, depending on what the different, what the credit unions or banks are willing to offer at the time. So sometimes
1: break it, like
2: you can, you can break mortgages. You have to pay the fees. It's it's a lot of times it's going to be like three months interest, uh, like if it's variable and, and three months interest as well, if the, if the rates have been going up. Yeah. It's, it's significantly higher if the rates have been going down because it's based on an interest rate differential, but um, yeah, a, a variety. I, I just did two refinances. One of them I did a one-year fix and one of them I did a five-year fix, but it's because the five-year fix, they were offering a 5.1% interest rate I was really happy about. And the other one, they were able to do a five percent uh, eight, five. And I've been doing a one year because in a year I might be able to reapproach them with a potential for another refinance because we're in the process right. of turning more units over. Right. So, so yeah.
1: the idea of, so my one refinance, I, when I refinanced it, I'm like, okay, I'm pulling out a lot here. Yeah. Now let's lock in for five years because yeah. I'm not touching that on another refinance yeah. in a long time. Then the newest one, it's like, I could probably, this is, this is a newer property. This is probably still going to have more. So I'm yeah. going to do a one year. So it kind of depends. Yeah. On the like, house. do
2: you expect to be able to pull more equity out in yeah, time? And if so, kind of time. line it up Yeah. And, and and you can kind of line it up as well, based on what the rates are off. Like if the rate, like the 5.1 I got was significantly lower because I chose the five year. Uh-huh. If I was choosing the one year, it was like 5.8. Right. right. And, and so I was like, I'll take the lower rate. This is on an 11 unit building. It makes, or, or that was on a six unit building. It, may, it makes a big difference month to month. So um, it's all over the place. I shouldn't have done a variable mortgage rate on a twenty-four unit apartment building. <laughs> that was a lesson. Lesson <laughs> learned. Lesson I mean, learned. that's a lesson forever because a variable you just you need some degree of predictability on a building of that size. It's not too crazy to do it on a one to de- Four unit building, but on something like that, you need some degree of predictability.
0: Yeah, you know? right, yeah. right.
2: I was able to, like, luckily on that building, I, I reapproached the credit union and said, Look, I've done everything a competent investor could do with this building. I've turned eight of the 24 units over. We've done plenty of strategic renovations. Uh, rents are significantly higher than what they were when I bought it. We're in the middle of it still. You know, yeah. we have, you know, I'll probably bring it back to review when I've turned half the units over or something like that. Um, But at this time, it's cash flow negative because the rates of, you know, because my mortgage has gone up eight grand a month. And so um, I said, for a year, can we convert this to interest only? Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a pitch and kind of explained it all. And, and they agreed. So for a year, it switched over to interest only, which brought the cash flow to, you mm-hmm. know, the burn rate on this building to a, a more sustainable I level.
1: Good question. I keep asking all these they are coming to mind. But yeah, go so, ahead. Okay. So when you have multiple properties, that one's like positive, 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 and negative, et cetera. So it's kind of balancing each other out. When you go for a refinance, for instance my latest refinance, I pulled out the maximum I could because I was going to do something with this money, but it bumped me into a negative. So some people are saying, okay, I have 400K in equity. I'm going to refinance, but I'm not going to pull all of it because I don't want to bump myself into a negative. Would you rather pull, because it depends on your market value too, would you rather yeah. every cent bump yourself into a negative knowing your cash flow positive is kind of balancing it to take all the money out or would you rather leave some in and break even on it?
2: So, yeah. So in the more expensive markets like like Toronto, and this is going to be, like pulling all of the equity that you possibly can out might result in a bit of a problem because the ability to qualify further is is pretty. But when you're in a market where the rents are like the rent, to per- the rent to value of the building ratio is a little yeah. more reasonable. Like if you're in say like Chatham, Ontario or or Sudbury or something, you can pull all the money out you want for mm-hmm. the most part, because the debt to income ratios are still reasonable. The right. DCR on the yeah. building is still reasonable. But if, it, if you own a single family home in Toronto and you know, it, it, the ratios are just completely whack. So it's not, it, it's reasonable that the bank would start saying no at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's honestly to some degree, good that they're keeping us in check because <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to over leverage we right. want to make sure that the income can support our debts right um so that's why a lot of people tend to move to markets where the rent to income ratio or the the, the rent to purchase price ratio is yeah. a little a little more sustainable cool um so for the most part i do pull out everything i can yeah. you can do in between strategies like you know HELOCs and things like that depending on if, you know the type of building but and that way you can kind of use the debt as needed pay yeah, it off yeah. that sort of thing um you know, yeah. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Okay,
1: I like, yeah. like that
2: too. I'm like, how
0: that how about your, your, fi- <laughs> uh, your fiance, your upcoming one, yep. is she in the business with you? Like what's that, that relationship? She has like?
2: her own separate portfolio. She's got like 18 units of her own. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Those are a power so couple. well, when we started, when we started dating, I had already, um, well, I had, I was just about to quit my job. I had like 32 units. So, and, and she had a few buildings of her own as well. Um, so but that was a big part of the reason wh- wh- how we had met was through like a, 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 me- a local meetup group that I had started. Okay. Um, and, uh, through, through a podcast that I had at the time as well. So, yeah. and a mutual friend. So yeah, we, uh, so she has her own portfolio as well. Um, well, we're getting married in august so i'm you know we're gonna be like kind of you'll have over 30.
0: 100 units well that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. I, I
2: was literally yeah. thinking about that to drive up yeah. I was like, wait a minute <laughs> yeah. So cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah.
0: that's very cool power couple. power couple yeah yeah i love it it's well
2: it's nice that it's nice that she can understand what i'm doing i can understand i can understand and help you know we can help each other like for for example right now this building that we're we just we just got an accepted offer on a house for ourselves and the triplex that we currently live in, I'm looking at maybe adding a fourth unit to the basement. So like I actually made a whole layout plan and I, and then I walked down and, or she walked down she's like, why don't we do this? Inst- why don't you, why don't you do this instead? And I was like, actually, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that'll save a lot on the reno. I can, you know, have this like common area. And like, and it, and so That's we so we can great. help each other out. We can understand the struggles, um, that sort of stuff. So amazing. Uh, yeah. You
1: ever kind of bat heads on what the other one's doing in terms of their preference on totally money. Oh, to- totally and that. as expected. As as expected but,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. We we approach it differently, and and uh, you know, but it was fine because we had separate portfolios, right. and and at this point, her her she only has like one original tenant. Everything on all of her units, she's turned over at this right. point. So reasonable tenants across the board, and um, you know, yeah. Everyone's gonna have differences of opinion. That's a big yeah. reason why I haven't taken on joint venture partners. I right. like the full control over my portfolio and all the decision making. Yeah,
1: it's cool that you know there's not one equation to become a successful real estate yeah. investor, and you can have completely different views. Like one more bullish or more bearish, like as yeah. an IR, but yeah. it you, isn't. It's not the recipe.
2: The most the most successful joint venture partners and couples that I've seen. Are, are pulling in different directions to some degree but they're but they're aligned at the same time right and uh so like oftentimes you'll have someone that's far more organized and someone that's shooting from the hip a bit more and those people can can help each other out yeah. you know and, and and it's good because one person's pushing the person who's over analyzing and the other person that's under that's yeah. not taking enough action is you know so yeah. that's where I've always seen the most successful partnerships okay cool. in
1: every type of partnership absolutely, absolutely.
0: yeah yeah
2: I yeah I know exactly it's the same with it's the same with relationships like yeah. Yeah. Same idea. You, you each have your strengths and perfect like i don't need to deal with this and you don't need to deal with this like yeah, as long fair. as you that's suck fair. the other
1: opinion when it comes to you both having to make a decision exactly yeah, yeah no yeah. i i totally yeah agree. you
2: you talk it out and then you say like you know th- this is this is your realm of expertise this is you know and yeah and yeah. like you know yeah Cool.
0: tell yeah. us about your mentorship program. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. So
2: I'm, I've been doing this for some years now. Um, I have like a six month mentorship program. People, I talk with, I talk with my students uh, once every two weeks for an hour. Um, I'm available by text and email in between. And the goal of each call is to determine what the highest and best use of their time is right now. What are the best, what are the most valuable activities they could work on? And of course, answer any questions so that they don't, they have no questions. They know exactly what they need to do. Uh, And then they just need to go do it. And so that's the goal with every call. And then I follow up to make sure those things are done and continue on with the next set of tasks that will head in the right direction based on their goals.
1: Right. And then do they go off and, you know, find what it is that they're looking for with, you know, do they come to you with the deal and help it, me analyze this or my,
2: my goal, the, the purpose of this is for me to be an unbiased third party that they can legitimately just take advice from and know that there's no, like it's fee. It, they, they paid the fee. Now it's like, yeah. now I can give you exactly what I think is best for you. So, you know, there's some people who are in the deal deal, like looking for deals on or off market. I can help them analyze deals, um, negotiations, uh, once you close on a building, well, f- for finding the right financing and lenders to work with, the right strategies there, the right strategic renovation plans, the right refinance plans, and like viewing things just like you would hire an accountant to do tax planning, like right. portfolio planning and, and, you know, trying to see mm-hmm. long-term what the what the goal with all of this is. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So if someone wanted to join that, they would just check out your Instagram? Is that kind of... Yeah,
2: happen? Instagram. And yeah. my website's kellenjames.ca. Kellan uh, my Instagram's kellenjames. So oh. yeah, it's okay. all in there. I do like, I have been doing some group coaching a little more recently. As well. Okay, cool. So I had like 15 students jump on to like an eight-week uh, course recently, which was cool. Okay. Um, so every yeah, Tuesday night for eight cool. weeks. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Very cool. We'll, yeah. we'll put all that in the description. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Hopefully, he's
1: at a different level of you know getting into the investment world. Oh, than... Yeah,
2: almost everyone's got full-time jobs for the most part, or or self-employment income right. of some kind, and they want to have the they want to build financial freedom so that they can either quit their job or choose to work on what they want to work on. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. awesome. That's very cool. Very
2: cool.
1: We were talking about the um, the ways to build wealth. And we were saying like mm. in income in Canada, you, like a salary in Canada, yeah. you're not going to, build wealth. It's no, like no. you're living no. on your job and just gets you by. It just gets you by. Yeah. So it's either real estate investing, uh, building a business exactly. or investing in stocks and that's very volatile. So
2: yeah. well the main the, the the challenge with stocks is that you just don't have very much control over what's happening. Mm-hmm. And the people who are doing very well in stocks in the stock world are they have insider knowledge and they have oh, like yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of control there. Index funds are a great way for people to just save over a long period of time right. and that's cool. Sleep at night um, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. But if you're looking for something that you have some degree of control over, yeah, starting a business or getting involved with someone's Which is business, hard or Buying businesses. Canada. Yeah. So, yeah. It's,
1: yeah. Is, it's one of the easiest ways for somebody that doesn't, you know, I want to build wealth. It's oh, a lot
2: less. It's so much less complicated than starting a business. Yeah. I, I mean, because when I started even my coaching business, which you'd think would be a really simple business, it's getting on a phone with people. Yeah. It's still like set up, you know, like there's a lot of process involved yeah. in the, even the simplest business. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, So starting his coaching business is yeah. harder than developing your oh
2: 100 <laughs> percent three reels <laughs> yeah no the, the i i have found the coaching business uh, honestly it's it's not a very good use of my time <laughs> but i have, have a, i have other. i have a lot of fun with it and yeah. i'm also viewing social media long term as well so like i don't think enough people talk about the 20 year future of their social media following right yeah like we're probably going to be doing this in 20 years and like we, what's the most important thing well it's going to be building trust with people so that you continue to grow you know a core set of followers that like trust trust what you're doing and 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 so I'm looking at social media for the long term as well. And you know, similar to if you're trying to start investing, like the more you can save in the early stages, the more you can start with, which allows you to compound from there. So same with social media. I'm kind of viewing this as a bit of like a upfront effort, grow the following so that like that can kind of scale over time a little more naturally. Yeah um
1: you get your core followers yeah right? yeah a lot of people like to follow us but then are not not so nice but then a lot of people are like, <laughs> i think it's hey, this is yeah. there's like the
2: thousand true fans i think there's or yeah. something or uh, something yeah, like that
0: a yeah. yeah yeah you to have thick skin for sure kind of yeah, 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 yeah. we laugh <laughs> about it yeah <laughs> people make fun of us we just laugh yeah. It. oh yeah <laughs>
2: Well, like Instagram comments what? are a ses- Oh,
0: my
1: God. Son. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are comical,
2: though. You can, it it could be like the most, like, I saw a video. was like someone painted their weight plates for the gym. I was like, oh, they look super cool. All of the comments are just trashing. It's like they painted <laughs> the plates. It looks great. Leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. You know, like parenting. See, I'm getting a lot of parenting videos because, like, we'll probably start a family in the next yeah. couple of years. And just everyone just disagrees. It's just, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a cesspool. <laughs> yeah, it
0: is. It really is. <laughs> it's
1: wild. So yeah. And it's tough too too because sometimes i i actually like to read them i read the comments I, yeah. so, you don't but no. sometimes, <laughs> I don't need my day yeah. sometimes they change my opinion on things yeah. because i'm like oh ah interesting i didn't think of that when we were talking about india's economy mm-hmm. a lot of stuff came up about it because we don't actually know right no, no, no. something that we've heard in canada from somebody that lives there but then people all across the world are able to see our platform and yeah they're telling it how it really is mm-hmm. yeah. so i actually like that yeah. aspect. Well, the of fact it? that you're yeah.
2: open-minded to it is really great. I mean, oh. Yeah.
1: And some things will be like, "Ah, that's an interesting way to think."
2: Uh, there's, to a, think yeah, there's a there's yeah. well, a I think it's called the scout mentality or something like that I'm in the middle of right now. Oh, yeah. You probably really like it. It's it's a lot of like yeah it's just like setting your ego to the side and going how can i learn or how can you I know like, yeah so that's really fun. good the fact that even even instagram comments that you're open-minded to I like, know, like
0: <laughs> what seriously like, I am so,
1: what do they call me ignorant and, and yeah whatever if i'm so wrong like okay i actually comment and you should see this in the comments it's like okay like please like enlighten me yeah. from your point. Why of do you view. think
2: that? Yeah. 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 And, I,
1: and I will admit if yeah. like, okay, I actually see your point and thank you. Yeah. So I I like I like that cuz yeah. everybody right now social media is just so Oh, it's brutal. Yeah,
2: it's, you, you just need to know which comments to to ignore, which is a, a huge yeah. chunk of them. But yeah, if huge someone's feedback. actually giving some thoughtful feedback. It's like yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It can, it can just be
1: put a sad face when they say something really. Mean. So <laughs> sad like, face. So I don't yell back. I literally put a sad. A sad
0: You're, face. I like you that. You are yeah. your
1: mean face.
0: That's awesome. All right, so a big question that we always talk about. We talk a lot about economy on on yeah. our podcast. Mm-hmm. I guess this is very of a blanket statement, but what you're still going to invest in real estate. So what makes you bullish on the market going forward and what scares you?
2: Yeah. I I don't view it as I'm not bullish overall. I'm I'm bullish for the 20 year future of Ontario real estate. I do think the 20 year future looks good. I have no idea what the five year future looks like at Mm -hmm. this point. Um, but I'm focusing on what I have control over. And the reality of it is, I want to build a portfolio that I don't need to think about selling or be forced to sell in any times where I don't need to. So, the goal is to have cash flow as your holding power for the portfolio. Right. So, if I have a portfolio that's cash flowing, I can just ride through. Just like if you bought index funds yeah. and the goal is to hold it for 20 years, you ride through the downturns, you don't sell during that time. The way to ride through downturns in real estate is through cash flow. Right. So, the plan is. I think I'm bullish over the long term, um, but I have no idea in the short term and, and all I can do is focus on what I have control over. So yeah, that's what uh, was your
0: feeling when the pandemic hit?
2: Um, that so, must've been tough. Honestly, yeah, so that must've been hard. I, uh, I, I, I did a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled, I, I withdrew all of my unsecured lines of credits to the max and I took the money out and put it to a different bank Okay. because I, I, I there are scenarios in the States where banks were actually pulling, like they were closing lines of credit, you know, having, I think having access to cash during that initial scare was a really important thing. Like you never know where this goes. Yeah, Very smart. Yeah. Um, And if you take the money out and put it into a different bank, there's nothing they can do, but they, they are like, you know, no one knows what banks can do, but they could take money out of your checking account, pay your lines of credit off and close them on you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure. So I did that. Another was, and I still think one of the main concerns that investors need to be aware of uh, or need need to consider for the future is um, social uprisings, especially if you're a landlord, right? <laughs> um, and and so I think people really need to keep an eye on that. So I realized the value of tenant relationships. Um, so I was still self managing at the time, and looking back, I don't even know for sure if this was an amazing decision or not. But I offered my tenants um, a five percent discount for like three months on their rent, or five or ten percent discount on their rent for for a few months. I was really high cash flow, so I didn't need to worry about it. Right. But it was just like a bit of like no one can work right now it was it was this yeah, yeah. weird time where serb hadn't hit yet and like we didn't have
0: i value you being here yeah it was
2: just yeah. like uh, i understand this is a tough situation yeah and i wanted to build a good rapport because I, who knows where this goes and i don't want to be in a situation where tenants go you know fuck my landlord i'm not paying him rent paying whatever, them. Yeah, right yeah. so like try to build some goodwill um so i did i did that um and I, I did i was in the middle of a negotiations negotiations on a sixplex that i walk, that you know i was still conditional on i decided to walk away from because i things were just up in the air and i really wasn't sure what
0: to do it was do. a scary time yeah, yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: but then like 6 months later things were sir but everyone was, everything was kind of working out the market was going up mm. and i and i ended up going back to that off market seller and bought the sixplex anyway for you like bought like it anyway 5 grand more yeah, yeah. <laughs> i paid him a little more but yeah, yeah sorry about that yeah.
0: <laughs> the world kind of shut down so yeah. what do you want me to do
2: so the oh, fact 100%. that you
1: were willing to walk away, gather, you know, more information. I think, of- I
2: think that, like, regardless of what business you're in, um, understanding your risk risk exposure and right. and and having, you know, I can having a situation where I can handle if things get worse, and I can and I'll also be exposed if things get better in a good way, but not to the point where you're just fully exposed so that if things go yep. bad, you're screwed. Yep. Uh, or you're not exposed at all, and you're very safe, but you're not taking advantage of it's the. It's
1: hard to find that sweet spot,
2: though. It is. Yeah. It oh, it is. That's absolutely one of an easy
1: thing to get to where.
2: Yeah, there's people I know that are still in the, they're actively acquiring during this time, and I would love to be able to, you know, get the dopamine hits of like new acquisitions and stuff yeah. as well. Um, but during this time, I've been actually just stabilizing for quite a while now. So, um, and I bought 51 units. I, I I sold some, and then I sold 15 units in 2021, and I bought 51. Um, Something like that. Uh, anyway, is how it worked out. So those 51 units that I took on, mostly under-rented. Lots of turnovers required. Lots of renovations. So I've been in a stabilization period for a good while now. Um, right. And I'm hoping to enter an acquisition phase again, you know, in like six to eight months. Something like that.
0: Do you use a single realtor in London? And if not, no. should we move to London? You, <laughs> uh, not, not
2: you could keep us busy all your- <laughs> year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. 51 acquisitions and...
0: You know, just, uh, yeah,
2: I actually i call i i worked with the listing agent directly on that one, and and i and it was actually a Toronto agent. Um, okay. For some of these acquisitions, some of these cool. apartment buildings, you know, hoping to maybe align incentives, even though you know you can't. Really,
0: yeah, I know uh, it kind of sucks in the end of the day. But, but
2: as an investor, I, I can do whatever I want. So yeah, I, that's I don't true. Have a realtor. you are not married to anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, I was just being facetious. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. So, I don't
2: work with any individual. Like, like,
0: yeah, I'm
2: halfway just halfway yeah. <laughs> Probably like half my portfolio was was bought off market. So just okay. talking, to, with, uh, directly, um, talking with like right like, owners directly, yeah, networking with the people. networking. And
1: they land in your lap now.
2: There's uh, there's a ton of different ways. Um, uh, so like people do a lot of flyering. I don't. I've never done any major flyer campaigns. There's door knocking. Um, you can like you can actually call rental ads is one. Um, so like you can keep an eye on like, oh this two bedroom apartment is up for rent. Well there's the owner's phone number right there. Right. You can give them a call and see if they might be open to actually selling the building. Cool. Um, you know, there's a ton. There's like um uh, I can't even uh, off, offhand. I can't even think. I did a whole YouTube video on how to find off-market deals. um
1: book, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh for sale right by owner there. stuff for sure. Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. The
1: off-market sale properties. Like- oh
2: yeah, all that for sure. It's it's a lot of like filtering at that point. There's a lot of and, yeah. and if you're trying to sell off-market, it's a you get so many tire kickers. But, even harder. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can literally like ask your pest control guy or your junk run guy, like whoever, like. You know, hey, do you know anyone that might be open to selling? Like align, align incentives, offer finders fees. I've paid a lot of people like a thousand bucks or twenty five hundred bucks just to connect me with the owner, and, and you know, and I'll I'll give them that fee if I end up buying the property. Right mm. So my contractor knows this. He's actually gotten me a deal. Um, he just saw for sale by owner sign. when He was driving around one time, and yeah, so a lot of just all over the place talking with everyone, aligning yeah. incentives.
0: What's your what's your why? Why why do this? I like it. Yeah, why is it is it for? I don't. I want every day to be Sunday, or is it? I want to give this to my children one day. What's the why?
2: Well, so the, the initial why I was quitting the job. I yeah. didn't. I wasn't particularly pumped about the tech world, um, so I knew that I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted financial freedom, uh, so I knew what I was running away from. But then when I did leave the job, it was a hard. It, it's been hard still to gain clarity in what I'm running toward. Um, so it's a work in progress. Yeah, uh, I, I think that like uh, at one point I did start to understand the value, like of intentional lifestyle inflation i suppose is the way to look at it um because i'm, I'm really frugal i still drive a hyundai accent as you yeah. saw
0: with winter tires
2: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, know, yeah with, with like no hub <laughs> 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 yeah so, so good so yeah i mean like you know when you yeah I think that, like, getting more comfortable with the idea of, of lifestyle mm. uh, inflation, I think, in, in, intentionally can be a good thing. Um, I think I will gain more clarity. You know, getting married, having kids, I think, will, will really help me gain some clarity yeah. uh, as to a why. Because, I don't know, um, at this point, I'm enjoying the process is a big part of it. like yeah. that
1: answer. I don't think that people, when you ask them, what's your why? And they, like... Know, right away yeah. I think they're just that sounds good to them so yeah their why, right especially every, when the
2: answer is to help people yeah, yeah, know, yeah. call anyone out if anyone's oh that's every realtor's thing that, I
0: love people, looking uh, at houses
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it wasn't it wasn't a 30 grand commission check you made <laughs> no
1: but <the> <laughs> why is because this is what I'm finding in fulfillment today I don't know necessarily yeah. where it's leading but I'm on a journey and a process that I'm enjoying and it's I'm
2: yeah I think it's like challenging. trying to yeah, like trying to set your set sail in the right direction mm-hmm. is kind of the idea. Like you don't know necessarily exactly where you're going, but you kind of know yeah. sort of the direction it feels right. I'm enjoying the process. I mean, I'm enjoying the coaching. I like to yeah. I like to teach people the same stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had a bunch of students since quit their jobs and they're traveling and yeah. stuff too. So that's super yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Uh, that's so really that cool. that part's fun. Um but I I I love finding deals. I love I love when deals go well. I mean, I, I really, yeah. it's a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, any investor that's done some good deals knows what that, like dopamine spike is like, you're like, this is awesome. I want to do another, yeah. right? Like, yeah, so it's a lot of that. I mean, I'm, I'm legitimately enjoying the process. You know, when rates have been going up, that part, like the opposite, I yeah. guess, like, yeah. like that's that's that part sucked like cash flow plummeting, but um, it's
0: going to be a cool moment in history, though, when we think back to what we saw, right? The fastest free oh, hiking yeah. cycle and oh, yeah, in history, like it will be cool when we're older yes. and we'll be able to talk about it, it back in my day kind of people. But For like sure. you said, the process is the cool thing. Cause I was talking to Brooke about this as we were coming here yeah. and I was just telling her, cause we got invited on another podcast and I was like, I can't believe people want to speak to us yeah, or like people watch us online. Like it's crazy. Cause I was telling her, like, I still love selling houses and helping people buy, but I'm having honestly more fun in this new chapter that we're going through yeah. of building the Instagram. And like you came from London, Ontario meeting to come people. talk to us, meeting yeah. people, yeah. having these doors open that that, you, that would never be opened yeah. ever. So it, it is if you put yourself out there, I think.
2: I think that, like, we, I used to preach a lot about the idea of be, being the hub. Um, so, like, yeah. you guys are a hub, right? You're having, you know, like, well, I, like, at least I, I've come here to, to join you guys on yeah. the yeah. future guests and stuff. Um, but being the hub, like, you know, starting a meetup group, that sort of stuff. Um, like, we used to preach this a lot because there wasn't, like a lot of cities didn't have meetup groups and we started one called London on fire, which was London, Ontario financial independence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fire. Yeah. Um, the fire. We had like
2: 50 people coming out every month and it was super cool. Just, just like telling people about like frugality index funds and then real estate investing. And then it turned into just real estate investing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nobody, nobody likes index funds. Come on. yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah. Hamilton, but it's, um, that's cool. Buddy's podcast, but it's so fun. People come from everywhere and people just want to talk to similar minded people. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah
2: that's like that's a fun energizing. part oh yeah
1: everyone is just like from all over the place and like this how many properties i have and this one what i'm doing and
2: well it's cool that it's happening in canada i don't think i i mean maybe it's because uh, of our age and stuff we didn't see this but like i mean it's it's neat to see like people in ontario that have like stories that are worth listening to that are interesting like yeah you know it's it's i like that because you can actually relate when it's like local right oh, yeah like you see some yeah. some person in the states that's done really well you're like that's cool but like right. you can't really relate but it's like mm-hmm. oh they're they're from, like, this town. Like, I went to school there. Like, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it feels more real. Yeah.
0: Yeah, authentic. Yeah. Normal people finding success yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Because, exactly. like, I don't think any of us feel like we're better than anyone else. No, exactly. or,
2: or, like, have something special. It's just... No.
0: You just try. You see what sticks. And if it does, and amazing.
2: Just, like, try to like, try to find people you can learn from along the way. Like, I had a whole bunch of unofficial mentors and stuff along the way. Yeah, I yeah. actually hired a coach for the first time recently because I, I realized I'm in a situation where generally when i come across problems or issues in my portfolio i don't know who to ask because mm. there's not a lot of people who or have the same problems yeah, yeah there's a few yeah there's a few yeah. people that are like you know kind of doing similar stuff that i can ask um but like for the most part yeah it, i need i need people who you know who've like Did been here your code yeah what is through, he
1: made it, you attracted to him because on yeah. you being at this level but you've obviously seen him as
2: like yeah this was this was through a, re- a referral from another another podcast host actually oh, no, wait, okay. yeah and uh and uh they have over a thousand units in, in oh, ontario what? yeah how is it? it's a how fund is. like a <laughs> fund and you know so okay. it's like how many followers do they have though no just kidding they're
0: yeah. killing us they're killing us thousand <laughs> units yeah. uh. so like
2: it's like okay you've been through this whatever but like at the end like you know you hear a thousand units, but like, you know, it's a fund. They're raising tons of right. money, growing. Like it's, it's quite a bit different. Like what I'm trying to do is have a, like a story that people can actually comprehend. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh, you own these buildings and you own them yourself. Like I kind of get what that mm-hmm. looks like versus I own a thousand. You're like, we own a thousand units. What does that even mean? Like yeah. how many people?
0: A lot of people, will, a lot of people raise money. money, right? They, yeah, they, I, and then they pay them 7%. Like they yeah, find a rich guy, seven partners, 7%, and, yeah. we'll give you 7% for five years and they'll do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that- mm. So he said um oh yeah i own all these blah blah, blah blah and then it's like okay i want to list this for lease Brooke, and then i go inside the corporation, corporation. yeah and it's like but then there's joint venture partners everywhere so yeah. then all of a sudden social media a lot of people you have to filter through because a lot of them i find it's like 50 property, people, yeah yeah not so the reason why i yeah. was like cortez look at this guy is because you said i appreciate the point, it
2: yeah. No joint ventures
1: and yeah, said, yeah, yeah. because i've heard I've heard many times, I have over 70 properties, I have over 90 doors, yeah. I have over this, but it's never- What's
2: the deal, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's you almost yeah. like go to the side, right? Yeah. Like no joint venture partners, that's, that's uh, huge. I
2: appreciate <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, like, so cool. Good for you. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. yeah it, it, the goal is for myself to just have full control and, and know that I can make all the decisions without having to run it by anybody. Um, but it's also so that people can actually see what's going on. There's some a lot more degree of transparency there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at this point, I have no intentions of bringing partners on or starting a fund or anything like that. I really wanted to just, like, at this point, my debts are basically just bank and credit union debt and okay. a little bit of private loans, but not too much. Yeah, cool. um, and I want to continue scaling like that. So, yeah. you know, I would rather own 100 units myself than 200 units with a partner or right. or, or 1,000 units with nine partners or yeah. or, right. or own 20% equity and
1: yeah. five yeah. times yeah. the number. Of, it's 100%. like,
2: yeah. what a mess. There's all these people involved and all this stuff happening. And, and
1: different changes in the economy will invoke yeah. different responses for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, partner. There's
2: just I think mental bandwidth isn't something people take enough into account. Like yeah. we look a lot at how much time we spend on things, but we don't talk enough about how much it's on our mind. Um, mm-hmm. And and I yeah. think that like there's a lot of things that oh this only takes me five minutes a day, cool. But like you're probably thinking about it quite a bit. And so I really try to keep an eye on the things that are that take up a lot of mental bandwidth.
1: Are you able to shut off?
2: Um, I struggle with it for sure. Um, I have ADHD. So, yeah. So, you're actually, speaking to him. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, maintaining focus has been a really interesting, uh, you know, like it's actually been one of my, it's turned into one of my strengths, but I think it's because I really identified it as something I need to do. Um, so, I've, you know, you can imagine as an investor uh, and, and as realtors, seeing opportunity everywhere, but you need to pick what your opportunities are. Very true. So it's a lot about saying no, like saying no to so many things. <laughs> yeah. Saying no to a million guests, right? Whatever. Like you're like, yeah. th- like it's, and identifying like these are the things, you know, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of saying no uh, to mainf- maintain focus. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we find that in our business a lot. You know, yeah. some people it's like, oh, your life, you look, but it's like, I work like, not 12 hours a day, like oh, 24, because yeah. it's all it's I up here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine with that many, and especially having self-managed 52 by yourself. Like, I, it is yeah. busy up there.
2: Taking on managers that I trust made a huge difference for me. Um, so now I don't think about tenants at all.
1: So you delegate a
2: lot. Uh, so yeah, and, I, and yeah, I del- I, I've been getting better at delegating. So like, the order that I look at it is generally try to first eliminate, um, like Elon Musk talked about how like, engineers tend to optimize things that should just be eliminated. And so I took that and applied it to kind of my real estate and business and, and like, okay, here's a bunch of things that, yeah, I could outsource or I could whatever, or maybe I should just not do it, right? So first I eliminate and then anything maybe I can automate, you know, so I don't have to bring people in and then anything out there, anything after that, I'll outsource. Yeah. Uh, and then that way, ideally, I'm only working on the highest and best use yeah. tasks for myself. Oh,
0: good. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm not
2: yeah. I'm not managing tenants anymore. I have a GC managing renovations, you know, I, I, I kind of maybe... Sometimes go to the unit uh, and like make a plan at the beginning, and then otherwise mm-hmm. they handle it from there. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So. Very good. So that you're able
1: to have a, a at least a little bit more clarity when things are.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Smooth operating beneath you.
2: I think that like the coaching business is one that like is just not. it's, It hasn't actually been a good equation mental bandwidth wise because it mm-hmm. takes up way more mental bandwidth than my portfolio does. Yeah. yeah.
1: Calculate is the I, thing though. You wouldn't know that until having done it. Really.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that like. I think it's an experiment. It's It's been some years that I've been doing it still, and it's been a bit of an experiment still. Um, and I do enjoy it a lot. And, like, it gives me an excuse to keep an eye on my long-term social media game and stuff as well because, like, well, I need to be out there talking yeah. about the stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Is there, like,
1: a minimum criteria you have or can anybody can come to you and be your student?
2: Um, yeah, I I need to make... Like, I, I, I definitely screen students as well because I don't want to work with people where I'm going to take away momentum from them. So, like, if they're, like if they don't have enough capital to like take on the, maybe their first deal and a half type of thing, then like, I'm like, I'm not going to get involved and tell you to borrow a bunch of money and buy your first property. Right. You need to be in a financially stable position, yeah. you know? Um, so like having a decent amount of capital, willingness to learn coachability. Um, could we join? <laughs>
0: yeah, I actually wouldn't mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I no, learn sure. something. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I
2: usually work with like, up like four to six students at a time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I yeah, I'd be I, happy to.
0: No, I I enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to. And I'd love to dive into it more. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Me, I know. I need more nerd friends.
2: Anyway. <laughs> well, I think that, like it's it's you, you know. I've had a, I've had a and countless conversations where I talk for well, I'll talk to someone for an hour, help them make a decision, and it makes them twenty grand. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's pretty easy to get your coaching money. You know, the the fee for the coaching. Yeah. You know, almost immediately.
1: Have not worked with a student and for sure. Fallen on you. Uh,
2: not fallen on me, but like it's definitely. They're opinion if, if people aren't ready to take action then like I, i'm not going to force them to yeah. right so right. i view my sh- i view it more as mentorship than coaching uh, mentorship you know people who are there and want to learn and want to take action versus me like go do this and yeah. blow in a whistle type yeah. of thing that you know i'm sense. like accountability should essentially be built into to uh, any any yeah. student yeah. that like they want they know what you know they're yeah on. yeah cool so i'm not chasing people you know it's like this is what you need to do and it's like oh you're not doing it like well, that's still what you need to do, you know, Yeah, know, like, yeah. like uh, you know, any, like gain clarity on that sort of stuff. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. That sounds <laughs> good. You got any more questions? Wow, no. I know I'm this this flew so by. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Let's, that's let's, let's plan, that. let's plan to have you back if you don't mind. Maybe we can meet you halfway. Yeah, I feel
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <No, I'd> <laughs> bad for to you. Yeah, stuff, so, yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. Cool. Be happy to jump on
0: whenever. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about the mentorship program. Yeah. I'll wrap it up here. But yeah. All right. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Thank if you. you're mm-hmm. on Spotify or Apple Music, please leave us a review. And uh, if you are on Instagram, TikTok, follow, us, on follow Instagram. us there for some short-form stuff. And, yeah, we really appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have you back on uh, in a few months or totally. so. Yeah, yeah, totally. See where you're at. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks, guys.